I lost everyone. I lost everything, you fucking fraud. You fucking liar. You're not in pain. Because if you were in pain, you would know there is no moving on. There is no happiness. What's next? What's fucking next? Nothing is next. Nothing. What's up, everybody? Um, it it is I. I'm back. Um, uh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, I guess I fuck. Holy fuck. <sighs> so um, let's just get right into it. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, mine has been complete chaos and an utter shit show. Uh, why might you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> I mean, oh, by the way, I'm back on week. I got a weekend or I got a four day pass for Thanksgiving. So I'm back up here at my studio. Um, but for the past five days, I've been cooking like a hundred turkeys and I don't, let's just basically, my rehab does this uh, Thanksgiving event, right? And so we, you know, we feed the homeless every day, but for Thanksgiving, we have this big blowout feast and we serve all this turkey and all these people donate turkeys to our, our facility and the turkeys just kept coming in. So we had already had like, you know, like a month or two before Thanksgiving, we we had a shit ton of turkeys and the turkeys just kept coming in. And I'm like, dude, cause I'm, you know, lunch cook. I'm like, where the fuck are we going to put all these turkeys? Dude, we don't have room for all these fucking turkeys. And my kitchen manager is like, oh, well, we're going to cook 16 turkeys a day. You know, we have two ovens. Each oven can fit. We could fit eight turkeys in there. So for like five days, we're just mass producing these turkeys, you know, and I have to like, you know, go like he, he it was so unplanned and unorganized, but basically all the cooks 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner cooks come in and we're cooking 16 turkeys at 9, 10 p.m. at night, prepping them, getting like the broth all mixed and poured in and seasoning these things. And, you know, I've never had to pull gizzards out of a turkey before. That was fucking disgusting. So I'm reaching my hand into the asshole of these turkeys and pulling out their liver and shit. It was, ugh, it was gross. And then we put them in these pans and put the do all the shit and then we cook them like, you know, I guess six hours or however fucking long it takes. And then in the morning when they're done, we pull them out, let them cool off. And then we debone these turkeys, just rip all the meat off, light meat, dark meat, separate it. And then we would just keep them in these like catering pans, these aluminum ones, and store them until the day of the event. And then the plan is like, oh, we'll get the the broth or whatever, save it and put it back on the turkeys, the shredded or deep bone turkeys or whatever. And then we will uh, heat it up and the, the broth will make it not so dry or I don't know what the fuck's going on. So we're like, all right, 16 turkeys a day. We cook 16 at night, deep bone 16 in the morning, and then we do it all over again that end of that day and cook 16 more. Well, we kept getting fucking turkeys. So then it became 32 turkeys a day. So for five days, I was cooking like 16 to 32 fucking turkeys and deboning them. And on top of all the other fucking responsibilities I have, and it was a, it was a total shit show. And so now, you know, just like today I get back, you know, up north on pass. I, I did, we did this event and we we're serving all this turkey and we had to do all these mass produce these mashed potatoes and stuffing and fucking green beans and God knows what else. Some, all these other side dishes. And we're just like for three hours, I'm just serving. Like we served like 80 to hundred turkeys to like and we, or we cooked 300, tur- or, oh God, I can't even think right. We cooked up to like 100 turkeys and we served like 300 homeless people. And we still have fucking leftover turkey. Like, I'm like thinking, why the fuck do we need to turkey? We need to cook all this turkey, dude. I'm so burnt out. And uh, I don't ever want to see another turkey again for as long as I live. Like, um,. I don't even want to eat turkey. I don't want to smell a turkey. I don't want to be next to a turkey. I don't want to hear the word turkey. I I don't think I'll ever eat turkey again after cooking that many turkeys. And then <laughs> I'm serving green beans in this like serving line. And stupid my stupid bunky Ricky, who's also the breakfast cook now, he keeps elbowing me because he's short little big dick Rick is fucking pissing me off while I'm serving and he's he's dropping plates of food and and then the so and then the local news station comes and is like filming us so I'm probably on the on tv on the local news serving food with just the most pissed off look on my face and like newspaper reporters were there taking pictures so I'm I know a picture of me is floating out there in the you know in the media somewhere of me just looking like like miserable while I'm cooking or not cooking but serving these turkeys I can't even talk right now I'm so burnt out I don't ever want to deal with turkeys again for the rest of my life and yeah I'm on the news great
So if you're listening, uh, Big Dick Rick, my fellow rehab resident, fuck you for elbowing me in the ribs while I'm trying to serve all these homeless people. That may have been funny to you, but I will get you back. I'm, I'm going to get that kid back. So yeah, that happened, and now I'm back. Um, and it's Thanksgiving, so hope you are all, or had, or having a happy Thanksgiving week, or whatever the fuck. I honestly don't enjoy Thanksgiving at all, um, for a multitude of reasons. Mainly because it is around exactly this time every year, that being the holiday season, you know, usually not, not usually Halloween, but usually around, you know, Thanksgiving onwards to Christmas and New Year's, but mainly around Thanksgiving is when, um, I hear about all a bunch of my friends relapsing or I hear about friends dying from overdose and like a fucking charm that's been happening again this year. Um, you know, God damn it. So like one person I know passed away, uh, a few weeks ago, he, his girlfriend was driving, nodded out behind the wheel. Uh, they crashed the car and he passed away from a car accident. So that fucking sucks. Um, another friend of mine who was a graduate of the rehab I'm currently residing in had relapsed a while ago. Um, and he's been on a sick run and, uh, apparently he also nodded out behind the wheel and crashed his car and his face went through the front windshield so bad that like the broken glass like fucking scalped him. Like it literally fucking scalped him and tore the skin off of his skull and he had to get a shit ton of staples to put his fucking his wig back on basically. And so he's not doing good. Uh, and then another graduate nodded out, crashed his brand new car. Um, uh, yet another graduate relapsed and showed up at the rehab, just fucking noodle grooving to all hell and looking just like shit. And it was just depressing, you know? And so, um, don't mind me. I'm just not in the, most festive of spirits around this time of the year. And I mean, uh, you, I mean, people might uh, like ask, well, why do you think it is, Unc, that people, so many people relapse during this time of the year? Well, I would say a lot of reasons. Um, you know, maybe it's because of celebrations taking place. Maybe it's the stress of having to reunite with family members and have family members like judge you or still hold resentments against you, all that shit, you know. Um, and it's it just fucking crazy, dude. Like, um, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's hard not to see people who are graduates who have a lot more clean time than me 
go out and ha- and it not affect my uh, motivation. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's um, it's like the my first initial reaction to to witnessing people relapse or die um, from overdose or 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 drug related deaths is like, well, they ran such a better program than me and they went out. So what are, what like are my odds? What are my chances for survival when I'm not confined within like this safety net of rehab, you know? And it kind of, you know, gets me off my game. I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I know I shouldn't perceive uh, tragic events like that in that kind of way, but it's hard not to, you know, like it's hard to be like, Oh, I got this. Cause I, I honestly don't think I'll ever actually have this and I need to run some kind of recovery program for the rest of my life. So, uh, I guess the better way to put it into perspective is like, you know, they were running a good program and they, you know, slipped up and got off their game. So that means I need to be that much more on top of my game when I'm, you know, out in the real world and left to my own devices, so to speak, you know, um, because it's, it just takes one fucking slip up to throw you off course. And then you're on a sick one again and you get careless and caught up and now you can't stop. And then something fucking horrible happens to you, you know, like, uh, even the people who didn't get in car accidents, who relapsed, they pretty much lost their jobs, lost everything, and now who knows where the fuck they are. So, it, I don't know, man. It just fucking sucks, dude. And not only that, like, uh, it's kind of rough. Like, you know, I'll be in phase four of this program on, like, January 10th. And uh, for those that don't know, this is a 12-month program. It's divided into four phases. And first three phases, you're, it's basically rehab, you're running program. Fourth phase, you are, you know, working, going to school, doing whatever. And it's basically kind of like a sober living for the last three months of, of the program or whatnot. So I basically have, I don't know, like 45 days to, you know, get all my fucking shit in order. I've been getting my resume updated, looking, you know, applying for jobs, getting registered for school. I, I'm doing, um a computer network engineering uh, certification, associate's degree or something like that, Uh, you know, and um, so that's semi-stressful. I just recently paid like $55 to get (laughs) a, a criminal background check done on myself just so I can see what's still on my my criminal record and I just got to say it is a lot fucking worse than I uh, anticipated. A lot more felonies on there than I expected. <laughs> I mean, the thing is really hard to read in the first place. But um, so now I'm in the process of looking into how I can or what things I need to do, what steps I need to take to get as much of those uh, convictions expunged off my record. I know I, I was under the impression a lot of them I got ex- dismissed at the very least because they were all medical marijuana related charges when I worked at those dispensaries, but there's still a shit ton of them in, on there, like uh, having a house uh, for sales or some shit. And that was for fucking weed. Like if on paper to anyone that any normie out there that makes it look like I was running a trap house or some shit. And I'm like, you know, now that 
um, was it Prop 64 or whatever, the recreational uh, marijuana bill passed, I know people can go and retroactively expunge their, their uh, convictions, so I need to look into that. And since they're felonies, I know it's going to be a lot harder than expunging a misdemeanor possession charge. So it's like, I know the DA has got to get involved and all this fucking crazy shit. And then on top of that, a bunch, like uh, some people got kicked out of the house who I was really close to. I won't name names, but then, you know, a bunch of people got in trouble. I uh, got put on a library contract, so I'm kind of dark from social media. Uh, for, I don't know, the next 45, 50 days, which kind of sucks, but whatever. And then I was kind of bitter about that and moping about, and the board of directors called me in his office and chewed me out, almost kicked me the fuck out, uh, but I talked my way into <laughs> staying. Because it's it just like... So it's been a little, little hectic, a little stressful, but uh, I'm just trying to step up my game, and uh, I don't know, just get your shit... Just get on to the next step in my life, which is phase four, school, job, and then transition into sober living. Because I know I cannot, I, my, my survival rate will be much better if I don't just catapult into, you know, uh, the real world without any accountability. I still want to get randomly drug tested, and I think that alone uh, is enough to keep me like running a program, going to meetings and stuff like that. And, and actively part participating in, in some kind of fellowship, AA, NA, whatever the fuck, you know, um, SA, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. So anyway, uh, I get, I don't know. That's all I got to fucking report on. It's just, um, fuck turkeys though dude I seriously I, I hate turkeys and I don't ever they're filthy disgusting creatures and I don't ever want to cook one or or eat one for as long as I live <laughs> maybe like prepackaged sliced turkey but cooking a whole turkey you know fuck that dude I just cooked like a hundred in fucking less than a week and I'm done I'm over it I'm over turkeys I mean it's gonna be cool to see family this Thanksgiving, uh, I'm not really, I love, I, I'm going to be back up here for Christmas, but I'm not really super enthusiastic about that because like I said before there, I mean, there'll be a lot of family members. I'm going to look forward to seeing some, I'm a little hesitant on seeing because we may not be on the best terms. Um, and I know I'm going to have to make amends to them and it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable. And I don't know if they're still pissed off at me because I was getting strung out. And also not only that, but like I did, a, I think I did a Thanksgiving episode l last year and I did a podcast on it and I was dope sick when I did that. So then there's all these memories of being dope sick for Thanksgiving memories of getting loaded on Christmas day and like trying to hide it and failing miserably. Uh, so it, yeah, dude, it's just like, yeah, the, I, I have a whole different perspective on the holidays now that I'm like, I don't know, like almost, I think I've just hit seven months. So yeah, I'll, you know, applause to me, whatever. But, um, I have, you know, literally like three and a half, four days, barely, to, like, knock out enough episodes to put on scheduled post until I come back up to my studio. Oh, and one more thing. I get home, and 
uh, and I go to my parents' house where all my studio equipment is, and lo and behold, uh, they are painting. They're sanding all the walls in the house and painting all the walls. So there's no living room. It's all gutted, and it's just it's a total wreck here. And uh, they decided to take my old bedroom and make it into my mom's sewing room slash art studio. And so all my studio equipment got moved upstairs to another smaller room and all my studio equipment is just dismantled and I'm trying to slowly piece it back together. So I'm kind of ghetto rigging a mic for this episode (laughs) and I'm trying to embrace the change, but you know, uh, I don't like change that much. (laughs) I guess I just have to practice acceptance on that, but you know, and roll with the punches. Anyway, you guys, uh, here is a recording I did with someone from the house, um, Sweet Lou, and uh, he tells some fucking gnarly stories uh, involving him getting, you know, he might not be with us at rehab much longer. He just got it, you know, the, he, he's been in the process of trying to get his kids back, and he'll get into the details about that. Um, which he just, the court ordered him to go into a, a different program that allows him to have custody of his kids. So in order to get retain custody of his kids, he needs to go to a residential treatment facility program that he can live with his kids. So um, I don't know how much longer he'll be living with us, but I mean, he's, he's going to, I know he said he's going to miss being where he's at now, but it's like, dude, you got to get your kids kids back I get it you know moving on to you know regaining your your life again so I wish him the best and uh if you're listening uh Lou I love you (laughs) and I'll miss you when you're gone and I don't know man I'm I'm gonna just get the fuck out of here uh you know abuse bang energy drinks and this vape and uh, knock out as many episodes for you as possible so i know i got a lot of emails i need to read that i haven't been able to and for all of those who sent us emails thank you um i've tried to reply to all of them and i'm trying to you know read them on air i've we've gotten new itunes reviews i want to read and uh it's just hard being on fucking... They don't trust me around technology. <laughs> All the staff thinks I'm going to hack their computers and shit, so... <laughs> I just need to keep my head down and my fucking... And stay out of the spotlight so I can just, just fucking graduate... Um, but with that, dude, I, uh, I love you all brethren and sestren of our squad. Thank you for all the positive feedback and all the support and reaching out to me. I will be back with an internet presence, you know, you know, soon. Uh, just right now I, I'm going dark and I'm shutting it down for, you know, the sake of <laughs> getting through rehab. But I love you guys. I hope you're all doing good. Be just be safe this fucking holiday uh, season because, I mean, like I told you before, dude, so much horrible shit is happening to people who are just struggling, and I don't want that to be any of you out there. So just be as safe as possible. And if you need to talk to someone, you know, reach out to me, and I'll get back to you, you know, as soon as I'm able to. So with that, I'm out. Love you guys, and as always, peace, love, and all the above.
Send through your shirt. It's a white tea beam. It's it's not gonna leave tar. It's vapor. There you go. What? I have a, you think I have a dirty mouth or something? I don't think sick. Just oh, you're sick? Still? No, I'm probably best the whole contagious thing is I have a little cough. Yeah, and you sneeze like ten times in a row. It's like you're fucking withdrawing off fucking heroin. I sneeze because of allergies, my friend. So you're sick and you have allergies. I always have allergies. There's a difference. I mean, some are sicker than others, though. Oh, yeah, that's what they tell me <laughs> in the fellowship. But I think that's a cop-out just to, like, put up with fucking bullshit. But whatever. All right, we're recording. So, uh... I am fucking scatterbrained to all fucking hell. I just got done with work crew and serving the homeless, and it's the end of the month. So, basically, it was fucking packed, and I had to deal with a lot of fucking insanity. So, I'm fucking frazzled and bedazzled, but not in a good way. Not in a valley girl way. Wait, why are you shaking your head at me? I just... What? You call yourself a valley girl. I'm really not a valley girl. I can, like, I can act like one, I guess. I hang out with Zach a little too much, and then the valley... You're turning into a diva. I know. And it, yeah. I wonder if we should close that window. Yeah. All right. Technical difficulties. Hold on one, one second, squadron. Because who knows what's going to fucking... <sighs> you never know that Hammond's is going to show up to pick up another dead hobo next door. I know, they fucking die of overdoses over there all the time. Well, not even, well, maybe they die, I don't know. What is this on the ground? Okay, so do, did you remember when uh, there was that fight outside the homeless shelter and there was just blood everywhere? Oh yeah, dude, that shit was crazy. I thought someone got stabbed. Pretty sure someone might have. No, but I think there would have been more blood if they got stabbed. It looked like someone got their nose broke and they were leaking blood everywhere. I don't know why they were fighting. I did not see the fight. I just remember signing out and I'm walking towards downtown uh, State Street and I just see blood splatters all over the sidewalk. The napkins everywhere? Uh, the bloody napkins, yeah. yeah. But, like, that's minimal compared to the shit I see go down there. I see dope deals go down all the fucking time. People sniffing tar, fucking smoking weed. Dude, they sit across the street from our parking lot and they sit on a fucking ice chest and they spin a pookie. You've seen them spin pookies out there? No, not right here. The camp right across the parking oh, lot. Oh, the new camp they set up. Yeah. How'd they get... <laughs> Who the fuck was that? Anyway, how'd they get away with that? I don't know. Um, well, first of all, it's not Slow County. I know, dude. They, they, you wouldn't be able to get away with that in Slow County, especially at the homeless shelter. Oh, yeah. They don't tolerate that shit. I'm pretty sure there's someone selling dope. Like, one of the homeless people's selling dope in the fucking dinner line when we serve them. I'm pretty sure it's the chick with that really nice black car. Yeah. Who, no one... How are you homeless and you drive a brand new fucking Infinity SUV? I don't... That, that makes no sense. She either sells drugs or she's a hooker. Yeah. She's with a lot of different... Or both. Could be both. both. Oh, no. Okay. So, let's just wrap right into this. What up, squadron? It is I... Your uh, adorable, lovable, huggable, sometimes kissable host, you know, um, Bobal. And uh, do you have an alias or is it first name basis? I don't know. You can just call me Lewis. All right. I like to call you Low Lewis, 
but I don't think you like that name. I like the everyone else. They like to call me Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou? Why Sweet Lou? I, I, some movie reference from Dylan. He what goes, movie? I don't remember the name of it, but he goes, Sweet Lou cleans no man's poo. <laughs> Sweet Lou cleans. And you don't. No. Yeah, I think you were faster in the morning. No, you don't. I, every time I have to clean the bathrooms, you, you're, you take out the trash and you're nowhere to be found. Smoke a cigarette, drink some coffee, come back up when you're done. And then you take a poo. Oh, yeah. I know, dude. The coffee here, it makes me have to poop so bad. I don't know why. Probably. I guess, I guess the coffee has that effect. I think oh. it's the fact that they use the same entire can two days in a row. Wait, they, f- they rush, they, f- they rinse it twice? Yeah, they rinse it twice, what and it's a fuck? whole big thing of Folgers, so it's like... So they, they run it the grounds once, and then they run it again. What the fuck? It's because our kitchen manager decided to blow all of the kitchen budget this month. Oh yeah, he, he's, hor- he's frivolous with our fucking budget, and now we're going to run out of food. In a rehab, how do you run out of food? I don't know. They took all our fucking EBT cards to to finance our, our food supply, and somehow that's still not enough. What can you well, What can you do? I don't know. I got the thing is, I stopped giving a fuck because I just hit phase three, and you know I got 70, 72 more days until that's not my problem anymore. So awesome! And apparently, you may be departing from this lovely brand new facility that we're in. Yeah, I mean, hey, I made it farther than myself, everybody. I made it to phase two before he restarted. Oh, <laughs> I mean, at least he's back, though. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to indulge us in the in the situation that's your reasoning behind you possibly departing? Oh, yeah. So let's see. Where to start? You can start with the fact that my baby mama is a truck. She's the whole reason I'm possibly leaving because my kids got taken away. So I came here to try to from get her? from her? From both of us, you know, it was both of our fault. So wait, your kids were taken from you and then they were in the custody of her? Yeah. And so then you came down here to get them back. And while they were in the, under the care of her, what happened? Uh, she was also in a, a rehabilitation center. Up in San Luis. Up in uh, Tascadero. Ooh. Uh, it's a place where uh, moms can take their kids, but, you know, they don't have those for dads. I'll get into that in a second. Um, she's there. Everything's good. She graduates in two days. Well, she would have graduated in two days if she didn't leave the program. How long is ago. the program usually? Three months. And two days before her graduation, what she decided to do? Well, it was two weeks. Tomorrow would be two days, uh, or in two days would be two. She'd be graduating in two days. Oh, okay. But two weeks before her graduation, she decided that she didn't want to be a mom. She couldn't take care of the kids. She gave the kids to foster care, and she split. What the fuck? And is she? Did she relapse or? Oh yeah, she relapsed. She messaged me to let me know that she was getting high and she's fucking my brother. Wait, she told you she's fucking your brother? Yeah. Scandalous. Oh, yeah. But now, you know, I have two weeks to find a, uh, a new residence to uh, be able to have meat for me and my kids so they can stay with me there. And I can still continue on my rehabilitation. 
But uh, they don't make those for guys, really, you know, for... Uh, I think oh, you mean an uh, inpatient where males can also care for their children? Yeah, for every one for a guy, I think there's like ten for a woman. Well, that's not very fair. And I had that's two weeks... sexist, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, super sexist. I had two weeks. Two weeks to find a spot, and I found out last was it Thursday that my... Uh, Social worker decided she was going to take from Thursday off till the 31st. And the 31st is my court date. So in two days, you have to drive all the way up to San Luis, go to court, and show the judge you found one of these very rare inpatient centers. And, and your caseworker or your social worker is not even going to be there. No, she's going to come back on the 31st. She gets back from her little vacation the day I'm supposed to the court. On which day she was supposed to have helped me find a place for me to take my kids, but she decided she was going to take a week off instead. So she may not even show up to court. If she does show up to court, I'm definitely going to bring everything up in court that she tried to send me to a program that she said I could get into, but it turns out that program is only for women. Well, what the fuck? It's her job to... Can't she just... Why can't you just call and verify that it sounds like a shitty fucking social worker? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I could hate her for it, but it's probably the fact that she has a hundred cases and she has to fit everyone into a week. She, yeah, she's probably overworked and it's a broken system. I get it, but I mean, what the f- Hey, hey, Zach. Typical. You guys just start? Yeah. You want to join us? I thought you were... I thought you did that after dinner. Uh, well, technically, it is still after dinner, but I had to do work crew, and then Lewis wanted to finish watching Happy Death Day 2, and so that's what we did, and now we're recording. You want to say hi to the, the brethren and sister of the squad? What up, squadron? No, squad. <laughs> squadron. Scott? What up, squadron? It's your boy. That sounds dumb. Yeah, it sounds a little dumb. Sounds pretty straight, too. Yeah. Ooh, or no, funny. it sounded like... Uh, uh, it sounded like an awesome gay man's attempt at... Being their, straight? What their perception yeah. of what being straight is. Okay, let me try it again. What up, squadron? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what up, squadron? No, no, just be yourself. Oh. Just be yourself. Be okay. genuine. Give him a hand. Be genuine. Hey, bitches, look for my episode coming up soon. I know you guys missed me. I missed you. They're not bitches. Hugs and kisses. I'm, I'm censoring that out. Yeah, they're not bitches. No. No. No, sit. I mean, Hey, friends, it's me, Zach. I know you all love me. I got a positive review from my last episode, so I have a new episode coming out shortly. Be sure to download, like, click, and subscribe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're I don't know, I can't, I talk to you. You're natural. So is there a reason you're, you're barging in here? Well, I've been looking for you ever since you interrupted me when I was using the restroom and got pine saw all over my fucking shoes. <laughs> oh, fuck. I thought you needed the toilet brush to clean On my shoe? Do you hit your head, child? <laughs> it's a sandal. It is a sandal. Okay, listen, my chanclita had pine saw on it. Yeah, but that's, that's clean, that's cleanliness. No. Not when you the okay so brushes yeah you know that brushes in the toilet bowl disgusting 
<laughs> Oops. Maybe Sorry. the back part of the handle has been in the jelly food giant. Disgusting. Um, so what's so, up? What's up, mom? I was gonna go get a blenders or a coffee or something because I can't sit here. I want a coffee. Well, I'm going right now. Well, I can't. I'm, I'm here recording. You want to bring me a coffee? No, because then I have to carry it all the way back. That's it's not heavy. Uh, it bothers my hand because yeah. I'll have a drink in my hand and my vape. Hashtag priorities. You've done it for me before. They yeah, so be grateful that I did it. All right. Well, I can't. I can't go with you. I'm here recording. And uh, sweet Lou here, he's going up north in a couple days, so this is the only time to knock it out. Hmm, typical. Yeah. Okay. Well, high five. Yeah, high five. Air five. Oh, hugs. Oh, side hug, because I didn't turn around. Okay. Oh, that's so nice. Okay, peace out, squadron. Look out for my episode coming soon. Yeah, that's not a peace sign. That's a shocker sign. I did a peace sign. Did I do that? You had a pinky erected. Like, click, and subscribe. Like, comment, and subscribe, Zach. Come on. I'm not having them comment because all the last comments were all about me, and it made you mad. (laughs) Oh, snap. Bye, Zach. Papa out. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is rehab. We get no privacy in here. Anyway, what the fuck were we talking about before Zachary? Uh, okay. Uh, you have to go to court. You're trying to contest your casework. You're trying to get your caseworker to show up. And you're trying to make it apparent to the judge that your caseworker hasn't successfully found you a, a facility yet. Yeah, pretty much. So right now, um, either I somehow pull an extension out at court or they have to or I just lose my kids so I mean it's like kind of it's like depressing but on the other hand you know like I can't be mad at anyone else you know because I put myself in this situation yeah but it still would be upsetting like oh yeah what do you know which judge you have oh I know which judge I have kind of a prick uh you know two of the judges at the time I was in drug court, two of the judges had ankle monitors on for DUIs. Ooh, isn't it one of them? Yeah. <laughs> Old man. Yeah. Yeah. He his like, wife's a bitch. She, his, he looks like a turtle. He's got the bald head. He's got, yeah. You know, you know why they're like so hard against drug addicts, right? Why? They're son overdosed and died. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So... Shouldn't they be more compassionate to drug addicts and harsher to drug dealers? Uh, it's the way you look at it is uh, they feel like if they bring down the wrath of God onto a drug addict, then maybe they won't be able to out and get high like their son did and end up dead. I guess. Or it could have an adverse reaction and make people say, fuck the system, uh, I'm going to go get more high. Like... Yeah. Well, the whole program they use up there, the Prop 36 and all that stuff, is it most joke? counties don't even do it anymore. They don't do Prop 36? They still do Prop 36 in Slow County because it makes them money. Oh, fuck yeah. It makes but a shit ton of money. Once you leave that county, there's pretty much nothing as Prop 36 or drug court. I think I still owe adult drug court money, like 700 bucks. That's if you're lucky, it's 700. You know, one time, I, I was still in uh, adult drug court, and I had to show up to test because they called my color f- for testing that day. I think I was like, like white or something. And I was like, fuck yeah. So I went and I fucking cooked up 
two fat shots and I had them in two rigs. And I was like, as soon as I'm done testing, I'm gonna go fucking uh, get loaded. Actually, you know what? They didn't call my color, but I thought I may be on the random board for group that day, alumni group. So I go to alumni group and I'm thinking, good, I'm not on the random board. As soon as this group's over, I'm gonna go get those two shots and get high. So what I do is alumni group's over, I walk to my car, and I have two loaded rigs in the little pocket of my driver's side door, and everyone's out in the parking lot smoking and vaping, and, and they're like trying to talk to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, get the fuck away from me. I'm, it, so I take these two rigs, put them on my pocket, I'm like, I'm gonna get high right now, fuck like driving somewhere. And I walk back in the drug and alcohol building, go in the bathroom, and I shoot up in the drug and alcohol building at like 7, 7.30 p.m. And so then, it's a fucking way bigger shot than I anticipated, and plus my tolerance is down to zero because, like, I couldn't use every day. So I'm like, damn, I'm really high. So then I'm like, I got this other rig, and it, th th these are goofballs, meth and heroin. And so mm. I'm loaded, and I'm like, fuck, I'm super paranoid, thinking, immediately thinking, like, what if I get pulled over? Oh, I can't get caught with this rig. So I was like, I need to get rid of this other shot, but I'm already really high. So I was like, fuck. So I go to the Starbucks on Madonna and I barge into that bathroom and I, I do the second shot and now I'm insanely high. Like I, I stumble out of that bathroom. I don't even buy Starbucks and I'm just like, fuck. And then uh, I end up taking the back road, the 227 back home and I'm like speeding, going like 90, 95 miles an hour, just screaming like, ah. And I, I don't know how I made it home alive, but. Uh, Good times. And then um, I f was like having a panic attack, calling testing the next day, and uh, they didn't call my color, thank God. And then I had three days to flush, and uh, everything was okay until I relapsed the next time. But anyway, uh, yeah, Slow County's fucked. The judicial system's fucked. They have a 98% conviction rate, and they the it's a small town, and the cops don't have shit to do, so all they do is ride around at night, hide in the fucking little alleyways and little where there's no like spotlights, and they just pull people over at night and bust people, especially if you're on probation. Then you really, it's like a fucking ghost town at night. After, once the sun goes down, most people aren't on the roads because you're just gonna get harassed by police yeah. and eventually put in jail. It's horrible. Um, so, do you want to give a little bit of your backstory? Because you're a slow local. Yeah, unfortunately. Unf yeah. I mean, look, it's a beautiful town, and there's a lot of cool people there. It's just the cops are dicks, and they bust everybody. So, like, this house is almost half people from slow. Yeah. Which is fucking insane to me. So, you, do you want to get into a little bit about your backstory, or how you grew up? how you got into drugs, and how it evolved. So oh, starters. Okay. So, you know, came from a single mom, you know, dad wasn't there, he took off. Uh, pretty much that way up until, I want to say like the first grade when my mom got this boyfriend, he decided that he wanted to stick around and like all the other dudes before that. So she was there from about first to fourth grade. In third grade, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. Who was? My mom's boyfriend. Oh, and like, this is the dude like that raised me, the dude I called dad, because my dad wasn't there. Yeah. And uh, he was a badass. He played. He taught me how to play the trumpet. 
Uh, he he was a trumpet? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he was honorably discharged from the U.S. Uh, Navy SEALs. He, uh, he did submarine shit. Wouldn't catch me in one of those. Ever. But, uh, yeah, he passed away in the fourth grade, and then my mom kind of got back into doing drugs after that. What drugs? She was mostly, like, a meth and sometimes heroin, but she also drank, too, which... They get a little hectic. Yeah, most tweakers like to drink. A lot of people do meth because it can help them stay, get drunker. Oh, yeah. It kills the buzz real quick. I'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, fifth grade ended. My mom couldn't take care of me. My dad decided to pop out of nowhere and uh, try to step up and help out. But... At that time, he had two kids, a new wife, and uh, his wife didn't like me. So uh, after living with him for about a month and a half, uh, I spent the rest of my sixth grade year living in a studio apartment by myself. How old were you? Eleven. And who, 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 whose name was this fucking apartment under? Oh, under his. But he's just never around. No, he'd show up because he'd stash his heroin underneath the sink in the bathroom there. I found that out when I was... He sold it or did it? He did it. I found that out when I was going through uh, the stuff under the sink trying to find something. And I found a rig, tie-off, and a spoon. Pretty much a whole lot. I found everything. And the only reason I knew what it was is because I watched that movie Blood In, Blood Out. The little kid picks up the, the rig and he overdoses and dies. Yeah, so I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, but, like, my dad, I mean, I guess if I was older, my dad would be the cool dad because he'd leave me weed and beer. Nice. I mean, but, like... Yeah. And how old were you when he left you weed and beer? I was 11. Nice. He was a great dad. <laughs> uh, other than that, I stayed, with him, I stayed in that place for about a year. He his wife got into a fight they ended up getting divorced he couldn't afford both places so I ended up going back to my mom's which uh, didn't really do me any good you know I started drinking a lot steal money out of her purse steal like like Norcos and stuff from her uh, but uh, yeah I mean that was pretty much it just smoking weed drinking and popping like a Norco here or there I wasn't really into nodding out at that time yeah um, this is how that's pretty much exactly how my childhood was yeah see 7th and 8th grade were basic you know I smoked a lot of weed drank a little beer 8th grade uh, me and my friend found uh, oh what meth does so we, you didn't even go from coke to meth you just went straight to meth went straight to meth yeah. snorting it yeah snorting it for a little bit and then I started smoking it because I'd find like my mom's duggies and we'd steal sacks from me and my friends would steal sacks from our parents of this yeah, I mean, yeah, I did coke a couple times, but it just wasn't our parents weren't rich enough for that. Yeah, and it's like once you do meth, coke is just like so lame. Lasts for five, ten minutes, your first bump or line, and then like you have you, it sucks. It lasts for two minutes. It's horrible. Yeah, you do one line of meth, you're good for eight hours. Less. Oh, yeah. yeah, and she had like pink dope. I remember the pink <laughs> dope. So it was like I should super good. Um, but, uh, I mean, that was just how it went, you know, I was fucking around a little bit of meth, drinking a lot, smoking a lot of weed up until about, uh, what, 2006, my, uh, sophomore year of school, you know, it was, uh, Wednesday, April 28th, uh, started off every day like any other day, you know, I went, 
got bummed to buy me some tall cans of 211, pounded those, went to school, hit lunch, drank some Budweiser's with the friend, smoked some weed, and then went back to school at the end of the day. My homies all knew I got like 400 bucks, let's get fucked up. So I was like, okay, I'm down. Fuck yeah. So we, uh, we get a couple 30 packs, some 40s, drink all those, and then buy fucking like a couple ounces of weed, and we're just smoking the whole time. Uh, at the end of the night, we got a bottle of Jack, a bottle of JD, and the tiniest soda you could imagine. <laughs> uh, so, while I'm playing Edward 40 scissor hands with a handle of pop-off vodka and a 40 and Mickey's running down the train tracks from one side of town to the other, my friends were just pounding, pounding. But we ran out of Chaser, we ran out of beer, and we ran out of Jack, and all that was left. Probably a good three quarters of the uh, bottle of uh, pop-off. And I think there was probably like, maybe like 10 shots left by the time I was done drinking. But uh, I don't really remember too much after we stopped drinking, you know. I remember getting up, going, trying to take a piss, and while I'm peeing, falling face first in the bushes. And uh, after that, I remember a little bit, like I remember getting up and I'm sitting there, I'd take like two, three steps and just fall on my face. I didn't even put my hands out. I was wasted. Blackout drunk. Just gone. Uh, but uh, throughout the time of drinking, people started leaving. And I was like, you know, two dudes that I went to school with, and they're like, dude, you're fucking annoying. And they just dipped. And the whole time, we're drinking on train tracks. Okay. So uh, I'm blacked out drunk, trying to, I guess, walk home. And uh, <laughs> I'm there alone. And... I didn't know that I was as close as I was to the train station. It was probably good that I was close to the train station because uh, I just black out and I wake up three days later in the hospital, tied down to a bed because I was fighting everyone and anyone that was trying to help me. Uh, sitting there like, what the hell? And the doctor's like, calm down, don't move, you're super hurt. Like, you got hit by a train. And I'm all, oh, shit. And they're like, you've been out for three days. You what? You fractured all the lower vertebrae in your back, dislocated your hip, and uh, fractured your skull, severing the main vein on your brain. What the fuck? Yeah. How, so you're what? What they say? You were walking on the tracks. They said I walked right into the train. A moving train. How fast was it going? Uh, they said the conductor said by the time he hit his brake, it was going like 15 miles an hour, and it didn't stop until I was underneath it. You're lucky you didn't lose any arms or legs. No, I know. I got the... I got something that was looking out for me that day, you know? What I'm yeah. That's how you say terms, higher power. <laughs> but, uh... That's yeah. how I did that kid who fucking got... Dude, like, what's the his Both of his legs and his arm count. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. fucking passed out on the train tracks, train ran him over. He lost both his legs and an arm. I remember, because I would DJ with him, and he had a sick DJ set up. Yeah. Didn't his brother... His brother overdosed and died. When? Uh, when? I want to say like four or five years ago. Fuck. Yeah. I was in LA at the time. That's fucked up. Anyway, sorry. Please continue. Yeah, but uh... Oh, he got a spot on my name's girl for his accident now. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I met that guy from that show. Yeah. But uh... Yeah, so they kept me in the hospital for uh, a week after I woke up. And they're like, you don't have medical insurance. So uh... You gots to go. <laughs> I'm sure that bill's hefty as fuck too. Well, after all the drugs and everything, it was like ninety nine thousand dollars. 
and some change, almost broke a hundred thousand dollars, and that's when they were like, "You've got to go." I think the oh, worst shit. part about being in the hospital though was the catheter. Ugh. Sleep when they put it in. They made me make sure I was stone cold sober when they pulled that up. But uh, yeah, the only thing Ugh. the hospital gave me, I mean, they gave me a little medical attention, you know, staples, a little pillow to sleep with when I go home so I don't move my leg. But that's about it, you know. I mean, the only thing I really got from them is, uh, I think it was like a hundred morphine pills. That's still pretty good. A bunch of Norcos and some fentanyl patches, which really Fuck. kicked off my opioid addiction. Yeah, I bet. But uh, I was able to like stop using opiates for a while with the help of alcohol and go through my school. So years. you tapered off the prescription pain pills with alcohol. Yeah. Does that really help with with withdrawal? Uh, some people say it doesn't, but I was also smoking weed too. But it helped me. You know, every time I start getting stomach cramps and if I was dry eating, I'd grab a beer and pound it so at least I had something to throw up because I could keep the beer down long enough to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dry eating when you have nothing to throw up is the fucking worst. Yeah. It sucks. So then you, you taper off that, you're drinking and smoking weed still, but how long does that last? Uh, I think it's going to be like two weeks that way to, to just fully kick everything. But uh, after that, you know, I mean, I drank the second day out after the hospital, you know, and like, I'm like, Sitting there like, dude, I just got hit by a train because I was drunk, but I'm drinking. <laughs> Shit. I have a problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, that's pretty much continued. Just like I, all I do is smoke weed and drink for the end of my, uh, end of my uh, high school career, you know? I mean, it's like... You graduated. Like, by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. Uh, because I got busted under influence of ecstasy, like... Two At school? Before, yeah, two months before I was supposed to graduate. Did you have drugs on you? No, dude. They, well, I ate them before I went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were under 18 or 18? Uh, I was over the age of 18 by the time I graduated. So my birthday is in like September. Okay. Know, so, I got so, but they tried you as an adult. Hell yeah, they did. Oh, my God. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the fucked up thing about high school is like if I didn't show up, drunk or stoned my teachers thought there was something wrong with me that's how why because I was always drunk or stoned oh so they're just as used to you being like that yeah holy shit how do they not smell alcohol on you well apparently if you chew half a pack of gum before you go to class it still kind of smells like alcohol <laughs> That's awesome. But cigarettes, cigarettes were my main thing. You know, I picked up cigarettes. I only drank when I smoked. I only smoked when I drank. So I started doing both a lot <laughs> simultaneously. Yeah, and then they could just smoke cigarettes. So you're all good. Yeah, nice. Um, so you graduate barely, and then what the fuck do you do after that? You know, I kind of just had the odd jobs here and there as long as I could. I could keep them. But uh, where were you living? Um. Let's see, right after high school, I think I, my mom was sick right after I got out of high school. She like, had to do some like chemo stuff. So I stayed with her for like two years after high school instead of doing what I wanted to do, which was do a year over in some Asian continent and fuck a bunch of Asian chicks. And then, uh, yeah, you have a huge like kink for Asian girls. I do, I d dated all four of Don't get me wrong, I love <laughs> I love Asians too, but it's just like you're just strictly that's your go-to. 
No, you should, I like Mexican chicks too. You know what you should do is you should get one of those jobs where you teach English overseas, and you're set for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I mean, the whole and the whole time she was sick, you know, all I was doing was getting high and like trying to cope with that depression of oh shit, my mom might die. Yeah, fuck her. I mean, she wasn't the best mom growing up, but she was the only mom I had because my yeah. dad wasn't there, you know? She, she did her best to try to take care of me, but it's not like I made it easy. No, well, none of us do. Uh, but were you just getting high off what, meth and stuff? I was just, I was, started drinking and I started, uh, I started a lot of meth, but then I, uh, after she got better, I was like, oh, so it looks like I, I don't have to take it her anymore, and I decided, huh, why get a job? I'm gonna sell ecstasy. I mean, it's, <laughs> It's a very lucrative business, especially in a, in a college like dominant town. Yeah, well, when you're going, you're spending $1,500 on 2,000 pills every two to three weeks. And you're selling it for 20 a pop? No, no, we sold it for 10. Oh, wow. Shout out the door to everybody. I wasn't a dick. That's very nice of you. Um, but it's still, that's still like a good markup. You're still making a good amount of money. Off a thousand, you're making $9,000. Yeah. That's you don't insane. If you don't eat, yeah, so you always buy. You do. That's why you always buy an extra hundred to two hundred for yourself and like your friends. You don't dip into your own thing. You're spending a dollar a pill, fifty cents a pill. You can afford to do that. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, did you get busted doing that? No. Wow, I didn't. That's uh, awesome. Probably like I say, like when I was so I was nineteen and. Yeah, 19 was a rough year, but 19, I started, and then, uh, so two years, so I was like 20, like right before my 21st birthday, my homeboy is coming back with 2,000 pills, and he gets busted. Fuck, in, in San Luis, or? Down in San Jose. Oh, that's even worse. So, uh, actually, it was kind of better, because you do less time. Oh, yeah, it is San, San Jose's pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, he did the honorable thing and took full blame for all of it and he didn't tell anyone that was involved. Solid. So, uh, he got like 20 years. They gave him 20 years? They, he, With half? Yeah, a little more than half. Uh, but uh, That's he, uh, insane. he dragged out the whole thing for a good two years because he's like, they wanted to give him like manslaughter. And he was like, you know what? First of all, I want you to take, because they have, if they want to charge him for each pill, they literally have to take and figure out what's MDMA and what's cut. And we're getting cut with caffeine, so that much would have gotten dropped off because we didn't really fuck with anything. We bought ourselves heroin-based pills. Heroin-based ecstasy pills. Fire. But, um, but we uh, sold the caffeine-based pills because, like, we might have been drug dealers, and like, but we weren't really trying to, like... Because I had a homeboy who started doing uh, pills that were heroin-based, and then he started doing heroin by itself. So we thought, why bring in the extra additives so we'll just do caffeine-based pills and uh, give people choice if they want to do other drugs? Yeah. You know, I mean, I wasn't there to ruin people's life. I just wanted people to have a good time, and if good time was a bunch of Molly or a bunch of ecstasy and you have you have one of the rare drug dealers who has morals yeah that's awesome I'm um, do sir someone's gotta do it <laughs> everyone's going around selling fake dolphin pressed pills and I'm like just come to me yeah I mean and that yeah your your reputation is definitely you know strengthened by that 
Yeah. So uh, wait, what did you do after he got busted? After he got busted, it was he got busted three months after having a kid. I think I had like nine G's saved up because I was just partying it all away. I gave uh, more than half of it to his baby mama. That's not him. He That's saved fun. my life. I could be in prison. He didn't say anything, so I figured I could at least help him with his kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the least I can do for him being that fucking solid. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, but let's see. After that, yeah, I just like I started doing a lot of heroin and a lot of math. I ended up under a bridge. But like, how did you? What? What? Like, made you make the decision to jump to heroin? Were you smoking it? And uh, well, I was I was popping other pills. And the heroin based ones too, or what? No, I was doing like uh, a bunch of fucking one of those Roxies. 30 milligrams? Yeah, smoking that. Blues and greens. Blues. Oh, yeah. And they weren't doing anything for me anymore. I was like, try this. And I was like, fuck, okay. Tried it for the first time. And I thought it was disgusting. What? Roxy's? No, I was on heroin. Oh, did you shoot it the first time? No, I had smoked it the first time. Oh, it tastes horrible. Like, this is gross. And then I, like, kind of hesitant on getting into it because, uh, I didn't want to end up like my dad. Dude. My dad was a heroin addict. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to do this shit anymore. And then like two days later, I was like, okay, give it to me. <laughs> uh, so I just, I did a lot of, a lot of heroin for a little bit. And then I caught a extortion. No, that was in the past. What charge did I catch? I don't know. I kept some charge that made me do like two and a half months in jail. and kicked in there and I was like, fuck that shit. Uh, it's slow. Yeah. Where, the, where, where did they house you? Made uh, you or? No, I was in 700, you know, it was the only place over there that was in a weenie tank. Um, and for those that don't know, a weenie is someone who's PC'd up, basically, right? Yeah, PC'd They're either called a weenie or a turd, but yeah, that's someone who's in protective custody. And usually, the only two reasons you're in protective custody is if you're a snitch or you're a fucking chomo. Uh, there's a third reason, if you drop out of a gang. Oh, yeah, if you're a dropout. Yeah. But, uh, did you know Slow County's 85% PC? Still? They turned the whole old jail into PC. Still? Yeah. I thought they were trying to fix that. They want to integrate, but, uh, it's going to be hard there. You know, everybody knows everybody there. It's yeah. Slow County. They can't really do it. So they've got, like, more than... The whole old jail, main jail dorm, all the decks, plus two of the, like, one through 500 decks are all PCs. And I wonder if most of those PCs are snitches, chomos, or dropouts. It's not really gang members down there, so it's like mostly probably snitches. snitches. And you know what? I blame that on their police force because they're probably encouraging people to snitch, and that puts more of a workload on the jail. And it's like maybe in their own fucked up perception or minds, they think they're like, helping fight the war on drugs, but dude, there's just as many, if not more drugs in that fucking county than there's ever been. So snitching it isn't working for shit. Well, especially since there's a lot of drugs in that jail. I've done a lot of drugs in that jail. Yeah, there's a lot of drugs in that jail. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not like they they search you out very well and their body scanners just doesn't work. Yeah, it's a metal detector. Doesn't detect heroin or meth or anything. Nope. not gonna lie, I've smuggled some drugs in my ass. Yeah, who hasn't? Uh, but, 
Yeah, so I did that little two and a half months, and I got out, and I, I met my first baby moment, and uh, we had a kid, you know, I was sober, everything was cool, but then she just decided she didn't want to be with me anymore, and I was just kind of like, okay, try to stay sober, try to go through the court systems, and I was getting fucked over, because I'm a dude, um, sorry ladies, it's true, dude, guys get no love when it comes to family court. Yeah, you know from experience. Oh, lots of it. <laughs> but, uh... Did she have a record, too, though? Oh, no. She was, like, the cheerleader in high school, and she went to, like, college, and then she became a psych tech at the Tuscarora. So that psych might have something to do with oh, it. Oh, definitely. If you have a record, she doesn't. They're, you know. But uh, she took custody, and uh, I met this chick, because, like, I... Needed a job, so I got a job at McDonald's. I met my, my next baby mama. I hate I hated <laughs> working at McDonald's. It was the worst job, my really? first job and my worst job. Yeah. So fuck that shit. But, uh, yeah, we started dating, and, uh, you know, she was a super big heroin addict. And oh, coincidence. Yeah, it mm-hmm. kind of just clicked, you know, but I ended up uh, back on the streets again, and, like, but this time I was doing a lot of goofballs. Fuck yeah. So like I'd go down and I'd come up, I'd make some badass camps. I got camps all over slow, like in the cuts, in a bush, like covered in camo net from the camp, from the army surplus store. You jacked camo netting? No, dude, I bought it. Oh, okay. Hustle. Yeah, dude, I still have my get down. Um, did you stay at any of the homeless camps that were around there, like by the Motel 6 on 4th or? I think Fox was Motel 6. No, but the you know across the street from yeah, the hotel. No, go down there. People people get weird down there. People get stabbed. People get murdered down there. Yeah. I never went down there or fucked around down there because you had to be brought in by someone who lived there. And if you're an outsider and you walk up in there, yeah, you're gonna get stabbed to death. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's bodies <laughs> buried all over that fucking homeless camp. There is. Isn't there one by uh, Price Canyon and Old Oak Park by the train tracks, like right before Pismo? I'm pretty sure there's one out there too. Yeah, there is a camp out there. There's a lot of like I take the train down the slow a lot, and when you're on that thing, dude, you think that no one would want to make homeless camps out there, but you see them from the train in between like Grover and Slow in the middle of the train tracks. What? It's crazy. It's fucking insane. <clears throat> yeah, if you're ever going to there on the train, look to your left. If you're coming back, look to your right. And how big is it? Dude, there's, I mean, it's just like one to two people camps, but it's like there's... There's a bunch of them. There's quite a few, especially once you hit the, like, end of whatever is before Santa Barbara. Along the tracks, there's a bunch of them. Oh, yeah, it's like a tent city. Yeah. There's a huge homeless population here. It's insane. <clears throat> yeah, but me and her, we were just, I was doing dirt, you know, I was like doing little invasions here, carjackings there. Nothing too big, but I always had money, and I always had drugs, and that's all that mattered, you know? But you're living on the street. Yeah, I'm living on the street, you know, hitting construction sites up constantly. Jacking tools. Tools, big ass. We got a generator. generator dude. Yeah. That's where I made a lot of money. I wasn't scared, you know, and then, like, if I was dope sick, I'd, I'd be the lookout. I was really good at being a lookout, too, because I'd be like, hey, the cops are coming. <laughs> and I'm gone, you know? I mean, yeah. like, I'm dope sick, I'm not gonna try to wait up for him and see what happens, you know? No, you don't wanna go to jail dope sick, it's the worst. No, 
not as bad as kicking method down, but I'll get to that part of it. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, she, it turns out she ends up getting busted for, like, six warrants and comes out. She just comes out like she gained, like, 50 pounds, and we and find out she's, like, I think it was, like, seven and a half months pregnant. Oh, fuck. So she goes to jail and is pregnant in jail. No, I... She only went to jail for a week. Oh. Okay. She had been pregnant, but she was so strung out that she didn't even show until Holy she got out of jail. fuck. <clears throat> like, she gained a little bit of weight, but, like, nothing, like, enough to be like, oh, damn, what is wrong with you? But when she got out, I was like, did you eat everyone's cake? <laughs> pregnant. You're definitely pregnant. Uh, we get busted at a campsite, like, I want to say like two weeks after she gets out and the cops said, I'll make you a deal. I'm going to overlook your drugs right here and take them. I'm not going to give you a camping ticket if she goes and gets a pregnancy test. So I'm like, go, go. <laughs> so she gets that pregnancy test. She's pregnant. She gets clean. I get clean for a little bit. You know, she has the baby. I was there for for that one. I uh, kept in built cord and stuff. It was great. That's cool. Like, I had a really good time. You know, I was sober, and, but we didn't have anywhere to go. My mom was like, you can't stay here. So I uh, we went to a homeless shelter, and they wouldn't let me in because I was dirty for weed. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. Was weed still illegal, or was it medicinal? Yeah, point? it was still illegal at the time. Oh, okay. But, uh, like, a lot of the shelters are slow if you get your card. Then it's okay, but this one wasn't the one in the test there was really good for families. Yeah. And uh they didn't allow you to have your medical card. So they didn't care if you had one or not. Yeah. Uh fast forward like six months. No, more like five, like I'm just like get arrested and I get out. And I'm like fuck, I can't do this shit no more. So uh, they offered me prop thirty six, you know. I went in and out three times after getting Prop 36. Uh, they just, just you, they just gave it to you over and over? Yeah, I think you did three three times before they strike you out. Okay. Uh, but interesting story. I did a fat shot in that bathroom. Dude, also, <laughs> in the big stall, right? The big stall. Oh, me too. That all the room. You just set your backpack right there. Yeah, it's got the little, little coat hanger thing, and boom. Uh, That's awesome. Okay, we're... we're Except like I thought they were talking about me because my, my shot was more meth than anything. And oh, uh, so immediately I, like, I like dropped the rigs in the newspaper stand right there, that, that little square thing, and I yeah. just left because I thought they were calling the cops on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not the most convenient place to do a shot like that's majorly meth. Yeah. Oh that's funny. But uh yeah, no, after that, I mean, was clean for, like, I want to say the two years. I mean, I was on methadone doing Prop 36. So let me do the Aegis? Prop, Aegis and the Tassadero, let's do Prop 36 at the clinic. Nice. So and the, they can give you subs or methadone there, right? Not at the time. There's only methadone. Oh, okay. But, uh, so I went through that program. I got a pretty good job cooking. And, uh, like, I was doing everything. I got a two-bedroom, uh, one-and-a-half-bath apartment. I had everything you could think of that you'd want in life. I had the lady, I had the kids, I had the job, I had the house. I was like close to getting a car, but that didn't work out too well. I said, fuck the car. I like to drink too much. Uh, And everything was going good, but it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough, you know what I mean? Why do you you think it wasn't enough? Because you're used to the satisfaction of drugs? Yeah, dude. 
gotten off probation almost. Like I had like six months left of uh, informal probation because they dropped me down after I finished uh, all my classes and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was just like, I was stressed out from work, stressed out from her, kids, paying all the bills because she wasn't working at the time. She got fired. But, I mean, she didn't find a job, which took a little stress off, but I, I found myself going to the bar every night after work, you know, and just, like, not even for girls, just so I could drink with it. All my friends, that would, we'd all go from work, you know I mean? We'd start partying at work at the bar there, because it was a hotel slash restaurant, and then yeah. uh, they would bring us picture after picture after picture after we closed, so we'd probably do, like, ten pitchers of beer at the, there, drink a couple bottles of wine. Smoke a lot of meth in the bathroom. You can walk into that bathroom without getting high. Like contact? <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it was always a cloud in there and nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, but I mean, and everything felt fine, you know? I felt like I was maintaining, but then I brought heroin back into the picture, you know? And shooting it? Yeah. I've, I've been shooting for, a, by the time I was at the Carlton, I'd probably been shooting for a good, like, Eight years. Fuck. Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, but off and on, you know, I never, if, like, if I couldn't find a vein, I'd take a break. Once my veins started getting shot out, I'd just force myself to get back into smoking. But you're, are you still on the methadone program? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, so you don't have to worry about getting sick. No. It's like security. I wasn't getting high at all in the beginning because I was just like. Yeah, you're on methadone. Yeah. But then how did you perfect the science of getting high? on heroin while you're on the methadone program? I slowly started tapering. Tapering down on the Yeah, I, uh, after I finished Prop 36, I successfully tapered down to zero and left the program. But how, what was the highest <coughs> dose that you were on? I didn't go over uh, 65 because I didn't want to get stuck there. Yeah. I got to a point where I'm like, I'm cool, bam, started, and then like, I had like six months left on Prop, so I started tapering the first, Two weeks, I went down 10, and then I went down 5, and then I went down 5, and I cut it down to 2 until I was at 0, like, a little bit after I was done with the program. But I was just, I didn't want to get stuck there hearing stories of people being at that methanol clinic since before it was Aegis. That's a long time. Yeah, because Aegis has been there, like, I'm talking, like, people saying they've been on methanol for a good, like, 20, maybe... I don't know how long it's been around, but like no more than forty years. On Fuck that, dude! I would, I would not want that. Would be miserable. There was this guy that went there, and uh, he had been on methadone so long he had gotten methadone poisoning in his joints, his bones. He walked around with those two like canes connected to his arms. And, oh God! <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, Fuck that, dude! I can't be those people. I knew I wasn't gonna go out that way. They call it liquid handcuffs for a reason. But uh. Fast forward... Wait, so you just tapered, but you're still doing heroin? Or are yeah. you just... I wasn't doing it a lot. I think I was doing it more for, like, the ritual mixed with the math. It is a good uh, But, like, after I stopped doing the methadone and I started doing more heroin than meth, I started fucking up at work. I, it's an open kitchen, and I, I walk out of the, the bathroom, and I still got my arm tied off. I'd already registered the needles hanging out of my arm, and I'm going to walk out to start fucking cooking food for people. With a belt on your arm and a needle in your arm. I know, I wasn't the belt. I know it was 
like rubber ones you get from needle exchange. Oh yeah, the stretchy rubber ones. Yeah. But that was still around your arm too? Still around my arm, the needle's hanging out. Did people arm. see you? My friend pushed me back into the kitchen. He's like, go take care of that right now. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. But That's insane. Yeah, I mean it. <coughs> but I still cook like a G, you know, like I could go out there and nod now, I'd nod out while stuff's on the flame. If someone would hit me, I'd like moving like a maniac. Well, and you're on meth too, though, so. Yeah, and just it, all my food always went out on time. You, you know? never burned your fucking face or anything? or No, I burnt my arms a lot. You, you know, know, on the grill? You might have cut off some fingertips and room back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, everything was. It seemed like I was managing, you know, and that's when you really gotta take time to look at like now after being in this program for so long you know it's only I've only cleaned four months but uh like looking back at that that's when my life was the most unmanageable was every time I was using or doing anything is when I thought I was managing yeah oh yeah but uh but you're so high and you think you're fine but then once you get sober you're like oh that was fucking a disaster the shit show but uh yeah you know I mean as I'm getting farther into my addiction this time, you know, I mean, everything's going bad. My house is never clean. My baby mama starts using again. It's just all bad. Like, we were arguing all the time. Like, I never wanted to go home. I was staying out till four in the morning to sleep for six hours and go back to work. Like, I Just to get away from the drama. Yeah, I'd go to the bar. Because I didn't want to fight in front of my kids, you know. I didn't want yeah. to bring that back back there so I try to avoid the house as much as possible and on my days off I'd do enough just to function and I'd take my kids to the park do this I wasn't doing heroin though not on those days those days were like I just enough to stay awake stay not sick and stay not sick and just make sure my kids had fun they had that bouncy house thing made out of like uh like what am I trampolines yeah out in the Tascadero, like I'd take my kids and let them play there for a couple hours, take them to the park, walk them down to the zoo, you know, I mean, everything that, like, a kid should have. Normally, it's just a little not normal because I was high, you know? Yeah. But I still wanted to give them the best life I could, you know, I just couldn't get away from drugs, dude. They had their hooks in me. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, it all... It all came crashing down. It all caught up with me. I ended up getting arrested because uh, my baby mom was screaming at me inside of a restaurant. Someone calls the cops. And they're like, ooh, ooh. And they're like, we need to search your backpacks. They find my fucking shit pipe. And I'm, at this time, I think I had like two weeks left on probation. Oh, fuck. And uh, so I'm burnt. Like, burnt. But going into it like I'm like sitting in the back seat of a cop car fuck go to the police station and this dude the only reason I didn't go to jail that day I got second released this dude was fighting cops and they were trying to switch him from his cop car to my cop car so they could drive us both and it's in the Tascadero in the middle of summer it's like a hundred and something degrees yeah, I was no air conditioning inside that cop car the cop that arrested me honestly like really nice cop dude like really cool he was like I don't want to arrest you in front of your kids so I'm going to let them go put me in the back of the car they were trying to deal with this dude for like an hour so so he's sitting there he's bringing me cold cups of water and he's like feeding me then like I'm a child so I could because I'm sweating there's no air conditioning 
Yeah, and uh, eventually he just walks up. He's like, I'm not supposed to do this, but like, this is going to take a long time dealing with this guy. Gives me a ticket. You're going to go to court? Just tell me you're going to go to court, even if you're not going to go to court. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll go to court. Fill it out. All my stuff was in the back of another cop car because they had already transferred me. So he ended up bringing all my stuff to me later on. Like, it was payday when I got arrested. So I had all this money. I'm like, I'm going to pick up. Boop, boop. And <laughs> nope. Uh, go to work. Instead of doing what I thought I should do, which is, like, not get high, I picked up a sack because I had, like, $800 in my pocket. Yeah, of course. And uh, the only cool thing about getting arrested with her there, I was able to give her 600 so that her and the kids could have money while I was locked up. Yeah. Then I gave her my phone because she didn't have one. So you wait, you went to court and turned yourself in, or? No, no. I ended up running, me and her ended up splitting up for a little bit, and she brought this dude over to my house. Yeah, I was fucking, I was cool with it, and then I left and I got high, and I came back and I'm like, here, go down, you gonna bounce. Go, both of you. And he's like, not liking the way I'm talking to her, and he decides to pull out a buck knife on me. What? Pulls at your own house? Yeah, in my own house, I'm holding my two-year-old, so I set my kid down, and I just backstep him out while he's swinging at me, and they show up, and I get arrested. Wait, the cops show up? The cops show up. Uh, I run. <laughs> I made it down to the library, and I'm, as my homeboy's pulling in to fucking pick me up, to take me out to Templeton and the Boonies, cops roll like, he keeps going, and I'm just like, fuck it. Get arrested. They're like, if you press charges on him, he's gonna press charges on you. What do you wanna do? And I was like, I'll just take the rent pipe thing. And he's like, they're like, no, like, now that all this is involved, uh, we're gonna look more towards like a domestic dispute charge. Oh fuck! And uh, they ended up dropping it down because he was at fault. I was at fault. No charges were brought up. Since those charges weren't brought up, they didn't bring up that charge. And like, and it was all because like I was yelling at her, and I was like, I was mad, dude. Like, I mean, of course. I was, and I was like, don't make me fuck you up, and like. Neighbor reported that, so it's like, fuck, I'm burnt, dude, if I don't just agree to take another ch drug charge. So I took the drug charge to the prop, they're like, do a month, you don't do well with programs, so they're like, okay, they're like three years in formal, or formal probation, so I took it. Uh, the day I get out, uh, my PO's all come in, I didn't go in, because I got out. Who's your PO? Amanda. Uh, She's the one that kind of looks like she's like blonde. She works oh, at okay. the office, not by drug and alcohol, but the other one. Oh, the one by the DMV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was crazy. You know, I never had a probation on me, officer on me like that before. Cause I had Jose Carrera before that, and he was cool. Like he, he was chill. There, yeah. Uh, as long as I came in, turned my monthly reporting, he didn't care. But uh, she like two weeks. I'm only out for thirteen days, and she shows up at my house, and she's like. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, fuck, I gotta go hide this. And as I'm going, her partner is like hitting my window with the butt of his fucking gun. I'm like, don't move. And I'm like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they blessed me with a shit pipe. I just done the goofball. So all I had was a shit pipe, uh, empty rig, and uh, some meth. Yeah. So they bust me with heroin. So she's gonna turn on that shit. They're gonna go to jail. I'm gonna give you one warning. You caught in this house again with drugs. 
You're going to get taken away from your kids. Your kids are going to take them away. They're going to put in with you, baby mama. All right, whatever. So, didn't listen. Got out after doing a month. Uh, I said, I want to say I made it a good month and a half, almost two months on this last run. And uh, didn't make it. She showed up. Same partner, same her. This time, they didn't wait for me to open the door. They just opened it because I didn't lock it. Mm-hmm. And bust me with a shit pipe, and I'm so loaded, like, because I, I didn't really have any math. I don't know why I always had a shit pipe in my pocket. It's fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. <idea. laughs> but, because uh, people would hit me up, and I would come over and smoke, and I'm like, okay, I keep talking. Yeah. And, uh, she finds it, and she's about to it, you know? CW is going to take the kids to your baby mama. So I was like, so I'm sitting there. I'm so loaded. They're not even letting me say goodbye. You know, I'm sitting in the back seat of Croatian's car, K9 unit going through my house. Uh, as my kids are getting put into the back seat of a CWS car, and the only thing I could care about is fuck. I just gave my boy fifty bucks. Go get me a sack. <laughs> oh, and like I know it's fucked up to say because I can look back on it and I'm like, that's probably when I should have hit my rock bottom. You know, but. I was so high, I just didn't care. Yeah, of course. And, uh... I went and did another, like, month in jail. Got out. Switched my probation officer. Went on another run. That one only lasted, like, I want to say, like, another two months. And, uh, I got locked up. And that's how I, uh, was forced to come to a residential. You know? So you got busted for possession by your PO? Yeah, uh, possession and violating a no math order because they put a, a no math order is a fancy way to say if you piss off someone they you can go to jail but you can still talk to them uh, they put that on after it's like a no contact order yeah right? after the, my baby mama got my kids it's like no contact order with contact but uh, we got into an argument and a uh, social worker saw and they called the cops and then uh, that was the end of that one so I broke that order and instead of going upstate for two years, they said you can do a one-year program. So I was like, I'll take the program. You know, I, they didn't help me get me like anything to go to a program either. Like I got a Salvation Army uh, application from one guy for Anaheim and another one from another guy for uh, Bakersfield. And oh, then this dude that was in there like got a, a, a Santa Barbara. Application. application and he threw it away and I'm walking by I see it once walking laps and see it again so I pull it out fill it out turn it in two days three days later because I think it was a Friday I found out on Monday that I, I have an interview up here and they're like you get out on the 12th of July so you can go to that interview and I was like sick <laughs> get out a little early you know like and this is the hardest time I've ever done in jail because I didn't know drugs I didn't drink. And I just kept my head down, you know? I was like... Even though you could have. I could have... Oof, the day I got out, a six-pack hit. But I was like, I'm good on ass heroin. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I was just ready, you know? I felt that, that I was ready to just give up the life I was living, you know? I mean, well, I mean you were, really like, you're only going on two-month runs and constantly getting busted. It's like, you're pretty much beaten down, like, at that yeah. point, I'm sure. So you come down here and you do an interview and then... I get in that day. You got in that very day? Yeah. 
because the person that does the interviews, I don't think his name out of it. Yeah. Uh, he goes, after the interview is done, he's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to go back down to slow and live on the streets until I can get in here because you want me to call for like 75 days or whatever you just said. And he's all, no, I usually don't do this, but I'm going to let you in today because I know if you go out there, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to go get high and get arrested again. And he's all, I don't want that. Promise me three months. Just do first phase at least. And if you want to take off after that, take off, but stay for at least the first phase. Promise me this. And I promised him, and I've been here ever since. You know, I'm second phase right now. Uh, probably won't get too much farther than the program unless I lose my kids. Because I know if I lose my kids, if I don't stay here, I'm, I'm going to end up hurting myself with drugs. You know, I'm going to go out and go on a run, and I'm not going to come back. No. You know what I mean? This is like your last chance. This is like, I'm at five feet underground right now at my rock bottom. And I know if... You hit six feet, you're dead. For every drink and drug I use after this point is one more shovel down. Once I hit that six feet, like you said, I'm dead. But right now, being in this program, I'm slowly taking one scoop of earth a day and I'm refilling that hole. I like that. And, uh... Once that hole's filled, you know, I don't think I'll have any reason to go back to drinking, hopefully, you know, using... Because, like, I found a really good group of guys up here, you included. Thank you. Um, actually, sitting there telling my story right now actually really helps. You know, it took a lot off my mind. Um, I got a great sponsor. I, I go to meetings, not as much as I should. But, uh, honestly, it's a lot of, to see. You know, you see all these guys, and they come through the program and you go to all like people who've gone through the program meetings uh, stag meetings or what helps because like I think if I went to female meetings I wouldn't be there for the meeting oh yeah but uh yeah I mean I've learned a lot while I was here you know I mean I'm not gonna say I'm super religious but I've got a higher power now that's not something I had before I came here I wouldn't yeah, for say sure. it's God or Jesus but there's definitely something, something out there like yourself it doesn't have to be tied with a name or anything but uh honestly it's like coming here to this program is what saved my life and it's the only way I'm going to continue to be able to keep my life together if I do lose my kids you know yeah well I mean fuck that that's an insane story but like now it's like you're at a crossroads I feel like from hearing it and in two days you're literally going to have like your fate handed down to you by a fucking outsider which is a judge who only sees you as a file yeah. essentially you know and amongst a pile of fucking paperwork so um, if they if you're able to find a program you're going to be back in your hometown but with your kids uh, there aren't any programs for guys in Slow County it's all out of Slow County all they have is female programs where is there a, a male based program like that in uh, California that's the problem. I think there's one in Santa Maria. There's one somewhere down by, like, Santa Cruz. And then the rest, if you try to look up on the internet male programs for, like, kids, it's impossible to find. Like, I don't know how many there are, but there's probably one every, I want to say, 400 miles spanning through California. Well, I would say the one by Santa Cruz is probably a hell of a lot better than the one in Santa Maria because, dude, there's so much fucking drugs in Santa Maria. It's insane. It's a lot of drugs in Santa Cruz, do. That's true, but I bet you know more people in Santa Maria than you do Santa Cruz, right? That would be 
be false. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I probably disagree with you. Oh, and I know the place that it's at, and it's not the best place that I don't believe. Oh, it's in a rough part of Santa Cruz? It, it's just like, it's like a trap house. <laughs> Fuck. People don't get tattooed and all that shit, you know? Oh, no. That's fucked. It's, That's like a rock and a hard place, like... And it's colored. Oh, yeah, that'd be... Ooh, awkward. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And a bunch of kids running around with that going on. That's... I don't even have... Why would... That's weird. Why would they even design a program like that? Well, I mean, they have their program up there because there's, like, single people there, too, without kids. And I'm just like, I'm not really trying to deal with all this. It's like a jack-of-all-trades. I'm <laughs> just having a whole fucking, fucking mix-match of people. That's, that's fucking bizarre to me. Yeah. So... Basically, you're going to be in two days. You're going up there, seeing what happens, and then you're go- coming back here th- that day. Yeah, I got to come back here that day. You know, I still got my stuff here. And then, like, if I get accepted to a program, it might take a little bit of time. But as long as I'm accepted to a program, they won't, they won't really take my kids away until they see what happens if I make it through the program or not. You know, I'll still be on. The, that's when they'll ex- give me, like, opportunity to try to prove that I can take care of them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna show them that I can take care of So your baby mama kind of fucked you over by doing what she did, and now, like, the whole responsibility is laying on your shoulders. Yeah. That's fucking insane, dude. But, I mean, I guess if you look at it, it's kind of what I did to her, you know? Yeah, that's true. got arrested, kids went to her, and she got... I'm not going to say stuck with them, but the burden of taking care of two kids when you're not used to it. And you're in early recovery and not practicing a program, yeah. When yeah. things are going to happen, the stress is going to overwhelm you, and there's only one relief that you know of, or yeah. one would know That's of. my brother, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. But, uh, Have you talked to your brother since? No. No. No, I haven't. I didn't really talk to him much before that either, you know what I mean? And he's using? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not only my family really talks to my brother. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. That's intense as fuck. So, that's your option. That's your option. What if they, what if they just terminate the, the deal and then they just give the kids away? You're going to come back down here and Come back down here and do my program, you know? Show me anything I can do. Could you see yourself living in this town? I wouldn't go back down there. Don't go back down where? Slow County. No, I don't, like, I don't ever want to go back to Slow County. As much as I have cool friends up there and stuff, like, from what I've heard, even the people that were doing good, a lot of people went, are doing horrible up there. And there's a shit ton of fentanyl up there right now. Like a shit ton of fentanyl. There's so much fentanyl, they're giving fentanyl test kits and uh... With, at the needle exchange? No. When you get arrested at Slow County, you do a little program that you do every two weeks and they give you a whole overdose prevention kit. When you leave Slow County? They give you Narcan, they give you... Is uh, that bad? Yeah, they give you uh, methadone test strips, all kinds of stuff. Fuck you know? that, dude. Like, yeah, I don't need to be around that. Like, even before I came down here, while I was still, no, when I just graduated drug court, I was hearing word about fentanyl coming in, not cut with, like, drugs cut with fentanyl, it was just pure powder fentanyl. Yeah. And people were just selling that, and, like, I remember 
graduating drug court, being kind of like shot out using here and there. And I'd walk into an apartment this one time and, and there's these dudes racking up lines of coke and they got two mountains of white powder. One's coke and one's fentanyl. And they're so high, they're starting to forget which one's the coke and which one's the fentanyl. And I'm like, what the fuck is this, dude? Like, this is insane. Like, um, my friend who manages one of the sober livings there, they had literally every single person test dirty for fentanyl at one time. And it's like, what do you do? Kick every single person out? That's like, they're paying to... No, it's fucking insane. And they're smoking it and shit. It's just like, all bad, dude. That town is going to fucking shit right now. Yeah. And it's a damn shame because there's a lot of good-hearted people in that town. But it's like... Even the people who had years under their belt, like up to three years sober, they went out and relapsed. And some of them are still out there, or some of them are just starting to try and get back on the fucking the sober train. But it's like, yeah, fuck that, dude. I think, for, at least for myself, if I ever moved back to that town, I'd be setting myself up for disaster. The fellowship's not as tight up there. Like, the fellowship down here is strong as fuck. I've never seen a stronger fellowship than down here. And, like, not only do I have to get away from that whole environment, I need some, like, distance away from just everything. Like, like the town, the people. I even need some space from, like, my family, as much as that sucks to say. But it's like, you know, I just need to, to figure my own shit out here and be not necessarily on my own or isolated, but be on my own, like, independent and getting shit done and being surrounding myself with positive people. I don't know like people down here using like which is you know I that could change you know if I allowed it to but it's like no like I need to be away from that town that town is just fucked off right now yeah. so I don't know man even the meth is cut with fentanyl down there it is that's fucking horrible it's not even like a goofball thrill it's like you do a fat shot of meth and you go to sleep no I, that, what's the point then it's so that those people that are selling it, what they're doing is they're cutting with fentanyl so people will get hooked on their meth and they'll keep coming back. Oh, wow. Scandalous. Yeah, but why would you smoke meth if that makes you fall asleep? Like, the whole point of meth is to, like, stay up all night and fucking do whatever the fuck you want. Because some, it gives you a, a weird, like... When you smoke it, I mean, you'll stay awake, but you get this weird feeling. But when you do shots of it, you just, like, 10 minutes crash. That's horrible. Yeah. That sounds horrible. And people are mixing it with their goofballs, so that's like throwing, that's throwing extra. Then you're just going to overdose that much more. Yeah. That's fucked, dude. Oh my God, dude. Um, wow. So, yeah, I mean, when you come back down, I definitely want to hear what, what happens. Like, oh, yeah. You've definitely been one of the more solid people in the house. Like, and, uh, you know, like, it's going to be hard no matter what decision the courts make. I mean, whether I mean whether you have to go to another program and leave this one and then reintegrate into an entirely new place, or you get to come back here, but you don't have your kids. It's just like, fuck. And it seems like they, are, are they, there's no third option available. Can't they have, like your kid in a foster home until you finish the program or I mean that is nine months. because one of my kids was under the age of three when they got taken so that's the stipulation it throws 
it takes away like being able to do like eligibility long term uh, long term child in care from the CWS workers in foster care because it's like the brain's developing and they get attached to that person oh I see I see I see and it's emotionally damaging to the child I can understand that but I mean her parents are willing to adopt them but they I, they don't like me so I know I won't ever get to see them if they do uh, her, well, can mom, you... her dad's a cop and her mom's a teacher so they're a pretty good like candidate they are, and I mean, couldn't you, wouldn't they come back around if they saw that you're doing good? No. And never, never give you another chance. No, her parent, her dad hasn't liked me since me and her, his daughter started dating, and she, he uh, found out my full name and my birthday and looked up my record. You know, just another Do they blame their daughter's a, a drug addiction on you? Yeah, because I already had drug charges. Oh my god. Ugh, it's just a fucking shit show. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if I lose them, they'll be going. I mean, I don't want to think of it like this, but they're going to a home that's capable of taking care of them. Two people that is in their family, and I don't have to worry about them being sent to one of those uh, foster parent houses that are just in it for a paycheck or you know, yeah, like that occasional child molester. They take yeah, take the treats at the very least treats a kid like shit. Just so, so, yeah, that's fun. They'll be in a good house. Like I'll be able to sleep solid, knowing that they'll be in a good place at least. You know, dude, you, the with everything you just described, <laughs> the fact that you're handling like and carrying yourself as well as you have is fucking insanely impressive to me. Like. This is the kind of shit that could, like, crush so many people. But you've been, like, with everything... Because I didn't know the full extent of your situation. You've only told me bits and pieces. But the fact that you that is all on your plate right now, and you're getting through day by day here as well as you have, like, my fucking hat's off to you, man. Like, that's really fucking insane, dude. Like, and, um... Like, I wish there was words that could make that situation easier, but that just sounds like it's fucking a tough fucking pill to swallow. Like, that's fucked. Like, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can say is I'm in the right place to get that kind of devastating type of news because... Oh, yeah, you're in a safe, protected environment and you have people that get that care about you enough to help you through it. Like, if, if you were dealing with this on the streets, I mean, what's the go-to thing? Get loaded. Oh, get loaded and I probably wouldn't come back from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I've got, like, like I said, like, this program will give me a bunch of dudes I can talk to like you Zach Brandon you know I can talk to all these different people and I've got my sponsor you've got the staff here been helpful our uh, uh, leader of the pack here uh, for the staff he uh, literally after he found all this was happening he spent like a good hour hour and a half on the phone talking about probation, my like CWS, like calling places, trying to see what they do to help me out. He's solid as fuck, dude. Like, he really goes out of his way to try <coughs> to help people out here. This place is unlike any other fucking inpatient I've ever researched. Like, they actually genuinely give a shit. Like, and I'm not saying that other places don't, but um, this place is, like, a million times better than Salvation Army. Yeah. It's, it's like, fucking insane. Like, um... I mean, I just hope you know no matter what happens or what decision you make or what happens, you're always going to be my homie. 
Like, I always got your back. I'm really glad I met you here. Like, um, like, and even if you do, like, go into another program or move away or something, like, we're still going to be in contact. Like, you know, like, because I can't even imagine what the fuck that experience is would feel like, you know? Like, I don't have any kids, um, nor do I know what it's like to be, like, trying to fucking fight for custody like I know my dad knew what that was like with his ex-wife and, and that that and what my sisters went through and shit and like it's fucking insane dude but like the thing that at least is important to focus on I would say is you're clean now and you're in one of the best places you can be to deal with all this so at least there's that you know um yeah dude like I'm almost at a loss for words that's fucking insane uh we're almost one twenty. Um, I mean, we didn't even get into the hotel body story. Oh, I can jump into that one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I kind of forgot about it. I got into telling my story. So, uh, let's see, two thousand fifteen. I, oof, my homeboy. We call him Fingers because he moved his fingers a lot. I mean. Other reasons why I call them fingers. They were sticky. He fucked a lot of girls with them. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, him and, his, uh, him and his old lady had split up. And uh, we were all partying in this hotel room. What is it? Uh, it's the Ramada Inn down from the Taco Bell off of uh, Santa Rosa. Is that the shady one that everyone parties in? Yeah, no, that's... Uh, it's the one next to that one. Yeah, it's the one next to that okay. one. Okay. Step it's, above. Yeah, it's like $100 a night instead of like $80 a night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you get continental breakfast of cereal and pancakes. Oh, sweet. Uh, but that you're not going to eat anyway. But, yeah. No, I never ate it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so we're partying. I'm getting ready to leave, dude. My homeboy's not looking too good. Like, he starts overdosing. And I was like, fine, I get out of here. I'm on probation. I can't get caught. I give this dude that we call him the... Uh, uh, the Narcan? Narcan. Spray? No, it wasn't a spray yet. So it was Narcan and Needle. And oh, that's like one on the awesome. Yeah, and then he uh, decided he wasn't going to give it to him after we left, you know? So he ended what up the fuck? overdosing in the bathtub and then go back. And I, on the, it was on the news. Uh, it was like two days later, was, they were just partying it up, like using the toilet right next to his bloated dead body dude like they left it in the water and like it had a smell horrible the body body floating in the bathtub so your friend's overdosing you gotta leave because you're on probation but you give them I give someone the means to be able to save his life and they just decide to pocket it instead in case they overdose that was their reasoning yeah they're like oh I need this in case I overdose fuck this guy who's actually overdosing right now and Kid dies. Wait, which one dies? My, my, my homeboy fingers. He wasn't a kid. He was, I want to say he was at the he said two years, was two years older than me, still was two years older than me. Which was how old at the time? Uh, 2015. So he was 20. He, I was 25. So he was probably, <coughs> I want to say 28. But uh, he had like a. I want to say like seven months old baby, dude. Holy shit. So they <laughs> let him die 
and they keep partying for two solid straight days with a dead this dead body sitting in a tub of water. Yeah, like he's waterlogged, blue bloated. They what only the fuck? They were only able to tell who he was by his ID, and uh, they know Donald Trump because it was in so it was in his, the hotel room with his name, and then no one was there when they finally left, and the uh, housekeeping came and cleaned it up. So housekeeping walks in and sees a dead body by himself, and then they're just like they all skate free because but they let him die. Yeah, that is the uh, most fucked up story I've ever heard. I mean, ended up getting his payback like three years later. He got taken care of. Like he's buried somewhere. Someone took him out for that. Yeah, because I mean that was my boy, dude. Like he was a lot of people's friends. He hung out with the, the local drunk punks. Oh, you knew the drunk punks too? You know Pillars? Who? Pillars? Matt? Yeah. My boy and I will beat people up for me after I got hit by a train. Dude, are the drunk punks even still, they disbanded. Yeah. Yeah, but they were, back in the day, the drunk punks were, like, pretty large. Yeah, there was, you can still go under deep dark and see the D, the D with the line through it. Yeah, drunk punks. That's fucking crazy. That is so crazy. <laughs> I must have run into you a few times. Oh, definitely probably ran into each other. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, because I... Have you not seen the mutual friends on Facebook, Doug? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the craziest thing is I'll see people come in here from slow and then we'll add each other on Facebook and we're like, we have, we know like all the same people. How did we not hang out? I mean, towards the end of my runs, I was just... Literally going out, scoring dope, and running back home, and just hanging out in my room and just getting high by myself. Me too. So, I, I would only go out and associate if I had to, like, go and steal or do something to get yeah. money for dope. That's fucking insane. So, yeah, that kid, basically someone, whoever the fuck it is, we don't know, yeah. took vengeance and he got iced. Yeah, well, fuck it. Do you know what, like... I don't wish harm upon anybody, but that, I mean, karma's a bitch, dude. Like, you you basically had Narcan in your hand, and you're so selfish that you're going to let someone die because you may need it. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that shit, dude. I don't know, dude. All right, well, we should wrap this up. What, what do you want to say to anyone listening out there about anything? If you could instill one message on anyone right now, what would it be? Um... If you think that you're not worth saving, you are, you know, you just got to find the right people. You got to find the right group because it's not getting sober that saves your life. It's the people that you have in your life that are there to help you. Yeah, I like it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm exhausted. Thank you again for coming on. You're always welcome back anytime. You know this. I, you're, that story, like, I didn't think you were going to get that deep, but you did, and that's exactly what people relate to, so thank you for, like, being so, like, open about that, that's some real shit, it takes a lot of fucking courage, I mean, I know it's just like a microphone sitting on a fucking stand right here, but, like, literally people all over the world are going to be listening to this, so, like, you know... You're always going to be my homie. Um, with that, you guys, I I don't have any instilling messages. I just uh, email us. Uh, I'll get into more updates later. Um, but I love you guys. Be Just just be safe out there. If you're going to be using, like, 
obviously I'd rather people didn't like experiment with the drugs we experimented with but like you know if you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do regardless of what advice I give you just be safe and be and look out for your homies that you're partying with and don't just do dumb shit because something can happen down the road that you will regret for the rest of your life and I'd rather that not happen to anybody like I don't put this shit out there to try and say like oh drugs are cool do drugs like I'm just it's a slight it's, it's just like I don't know it's informative like this is what's going on in the fucking streets of America right now and I think it's an eye opener shining the spotlight on lives like ours so uh yeah I'm, we're, we're wrapping this up I love you guys and uh peace and love all you love bye